Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. As always, on a Monday, we look back at the sporting activities of the weekend, of which there were quite a few big ones, a um, couple of highlights, a couple of lowlights. Depends, of course, on who you support in the world of sports. But let's start, shall we, with the rugby, and uh, it was Six Nations action this weekend, and some very, very good games of rugby, in particular for Scotland. But we'll talk about them in a moment. Let me give you the results of the matches this weekend. Yesterday, an absolute crackerjack of a game. Give credit where credit is due. They are getting better and better. Italians and the French in action yesterday. The Italians getting better and better. France 13, Italy 13. Amazing fixture, that one. Normally, uh, in years gone by, it would have been 13, 14, sometimes even 20 points or even more. The difference between the two sides or 13 all yesterday. And then Saturday's matches saw Ireland beat Wales comprehensively by 31 points to 7. On course for the Grand Slam, on course for a Six Nations trophy, and everything that goes with it are Ireland at the moment, by far the best team in the Six Nations. And then Scotland-England, what a game of rugby, and Duhan van der Maver. Amazing. Duhan van der Maver, Stain and Skuman combined to score one of the tries, Definitely not uh, McBride, etc., uh, etc., et in terms of uh, the, uh, Scottish names. Uh, it's very South African, of course, were the, um, the three of them. A lot of them helping uh, Scotland. But let's start with that 13-all uh, uh, situation. And it could have been oh, so different because Italy were denied a first win against France in three decades at the Pablo Carapici Stadium. A last gasp penalty hit the post in a 13-0 draw. Garbisi almost ran out of time to kick the penalty after the 18th minute. Italy just missed out on their second victory in France. Since, uh, their win in Grenoble in 1997 after Le Bleu played the second half with 40 men. Jonathan Dante was red-carded. The result left French's hopes of clinching the title in tatters after they could only score through Charles Oyvon's try and three penalties by Thomas Ramos. Italy, without a win in the Six Nations since 2022, scored a try by Ange so a Martin Pagerello penalty and points from the boot of Capisi. It was tough, said the France centre, Gael Picou. They have regrets, but they're still good friends. Italy and start to the sample back. Capuzzo said France, without their mercurial scum of Antoine Dupont, who is temporarily switched to rugby sevens, to play in the Olympics in Paris, an injured fly half of Romain Intimate were rewarded for a blistering start with a try and a penalty by Ramos, but the Italians brilliantly to fight their way back, and as I say, with that last gasp penalty, almost, oh, so almost, they've got the win that they have been. Now, uh, Gregor Townsend has hailed uh, Duane van der Mavers Patrick as really special after the winger rewrote the record books in the 30 points to 21 Six Nations win over England. Believe it or not, that in the 153-year history of Rugby Union's oldest international fixture, a Scottish player has never scored three tries in a single game. That is just the most remarkable record. Fundamentally, changed all that at Murrayfield with the Edinburgh Fly. 
highest treble, helping Scotland overturn a 10-0 deficit as they enjoyed a fourth successive win over England, something they hadn't achieved in all games again since 1972. And they last managed uh, this in the championship way back in the 19th century. In 1972, there was a centenary game in the middle of all of that. Townsend said of Fundamaba, it was great today. He ended the match just one short of Stuart Hogg's all-time Scottish record of 27 tries. Now, that does sound a little, doesn't it, when you consider some of the other exploits of players around the uh, world in terms of matches, etc., etc. Because uh, you take the champion try scorer, for example, who happens to be Japanese, by the way, by Sukuhata. He scored 69 tries in 58 caps in a 10-year period for Japan. Then, of course, the great Brian Habana. Now we're coming to like players in teams that play much more competitive rugby. Habana scored 67 tries in 124 matches. And David Campisi, the great Australian, also a winger, scored 64 tries in 101 matches. So when you consider that uh, Duane van der Merwe, the famous Scot, is looking to break the Scottish record of only 27 tries, I guess that puts it into perspective the strength of, or lack of strength of Scotland in years gone by. Well, they really are looking very good at the moment. They did get a, a raw deal in their previous game. Of course, the referee made, I, my personal opinion, a little bit of a boo-boo in that one, but be that as it may, a magnificent performance, and uh, that was a great win for Scotland. And then Ireland beat Wales. They remain on course, as I mentioned, there was no problems for them. They need two wins to secure unprecedented back-to-back Six Nations Grand Slams on beating Wales 31-7. Sometimes the performance left a little bit to be desired. Lands down road, a late to Tad Burn try. Secured the bonus point win for the hosts with 11 successive Six Nations victories have equaled the record held by England set between 2015 and 2017. Two weeks' time, they go off to play England in, in England with Wales looking for their first win in the City's tournament at home to France. And prior to kick-off, there was the emotional moment as Tag Furlong cried during the national anthem, being the first test for him at Lansdowne Road since his father died late last year. Ireland started well, and their early dominance is yielded a penalty, which Crowley converted in the seventh minute. They were never in trouble at all, <clears throat> were the Irish. So, so much better were Ireland than their opponents. So, fantastic performance. Which leaves the situation in the Six Nations like this. Ireland's way out, but burst into the Irish national anthem. Sing it so beautifully. Uh, Ireland, day three, one, three, four points, 15, five match points per match. They have an 81 points difference, way out of top of the Six Nations lot with 15 points. Scotland have nine from their three matches. England have eight from their three matches. I think that's why that win was so big for Scotland. France, where they draw, now only have six matches, a winner drawn and loss. Uh, Wales, uh, three losses from their three matches and Italy, three matches, a draw and two losses. They both have two points. Then the other rugby at the weekend, unfortunately, not a very end for the Blitz.
Canada, the Vancouver Sevens. And uh, it was Silver Davids putting on a masterclass to ensure that Riley's team never got close to the cup action in the Vancouver Sevens. They did finish the tournament on a high with a 24-7 win of Australia. But unfortunately, this is not what we expect. Ninth place, ninth place. He was instrumental with Davids in all four Blitzbox tries as his passion, especially his defence, shone through turning over balls in the first two tries for MP Central break, respectively. And uh, the French didn't uh, perform with their key man. Monsieur Antoine Dupont's team lost 28-26 to New Zealand in the semi-finals of the competition. And you'll never guess, you really will never guess, because you know, that we got through to the grand final of the uh, competition. Well, it was Argentina who came out victorious. They beat New Zealand. Argentina doing so well. 36-12 Argentina. France, USA, 42-12 to France. Fiji, 19. Ireland, 24. Samoa, 14. Great, 19. So, very fine performance indeed. Once again, by the uh, Argentinians in the sevens. And the New Zealand women beating the French women 35-19 in their clash in the sevens finally yesterday. So, good day. Good day indeed for uh, rugby in general. Not just uh, in the sevens competition, but also in uh, the 15-man game as well. So, uh, great performance all round, and hopefully your team came out victorious if you're an Argentinian fan in the uh, sevens. Those are your match. Looks like Argentina are going to be one of our favourites to win the sevens when it gets to Paris later in the year. Okay, so let's turn our attention now on the Shepherds, should I say, to cricket over the weekend and the Mumbai Indians. That's the ladies' team. Came out victorious by five wickets against the Gujarat Giants. The New Zealand-Australia match. Australia won on a Duckworth-Lewis method by 27 runs. 118 for four. New Zealand, 98-3 in 10 overs. Uh, unfortunately, they were unable to get uh, the uh, victory there. So the uh, Black Caps losing that series 3-0. There's a test series coming up later in the week. On Saturday, the Royal Challengers Bangalore uh, victorious by just two runs against the UP Warriors. That's in the ladies' IPL. And then in the Cricket South Africa four-day series, the Titans against the Lions. The Lions winning by five wickets in that one. The Dragons won by a massive innings and 48 runs against the Rocks. The Tuskers Warriors game was drawn, and uh, the Western Province won by an innings and 259 runs against the Dolphins. That was a massive score. 173 to Gavin Kaplan, 106 to Daniel Smith, and 135 to Carl Rainey in their 592 for six declared, and then bowling the Dolphins out twice to win by an innings of 259 runs, the best of the bowlers for the Western Province. Nandre Berger, 3 for 66. Buren Hendricks, 4 for 22. 
those two doing exceptionally well. And then in the second innings, bowling the Dolphins out even cheaper for just 131. And the best of the bowling there from Kyle Simmons. What a performance. Seven for 39 in 15 overs and four balls. Uh, the uh, other two bowlers that took wickets, Nandre Berger, two for 31. And Buren Hendricks, one for 13. So great performance by Western Province in their game yesterday. What can we look forward to going forward? Well, as you very well know, um, we do record this program because of the load shedding, so I can't give you the result of the England-India game, but I can tell you at the time of recording the program, it was uh, hanging in the balance. India still leading 53 runs to win with five wickets in hand. That's after they bowled England out in their second innings with just 145. England scored 353 in their first bowl. India out 307 and uh, 145 all out. England needing to win another 53 runs at the time of going to broadcast this program for you tonight. Then match four of the Women's Premier League sees the Warriors against Delhi Capitals. That's the women. Tomorrow it's a international uh, match between Nepal and Namibia. Then the Royal Challengers Bangalore women take on the Gujarat Giants. And then Wednesday in Nepal play the Netherlands. The Mumbai Indians play the Warriors. And then it's test match action again. Only a once-off test. Afghanistan against Ireland. That one starts on the 28th. As do the uh, final between the Lions and Western Province in Cricket South Africa's four-day competition. And then New Zealand and Australia on Thursday the 29th. They get into action between uh, the two sides for the first test match. And then match three, Namibia against the Netherlands. That is the shorter format of the game, the T20 series in Nepal. Let's move now, shall we, to tennis. And it was a very good day for the young up-and-coming Australian, Jordan Thompson, because he, well, when I say young up-and-coming, he's 29 years old. But be that as it may, it's his first ATP career title, a 6-3-7-6 victory in the Los Cobos Open Final in Mexico. Thompson, who had knocked out top seed Alexander Zverev in a semi-final battle that finished in the early hours of the morning, once again dig deep to overcome this time the fourth seed, Kasper Rudd. The 29-year-old Australian showed no signs of fatigue from his marathon three-hour 40-minute battle with Zverev as he took control of the final with a three-time Grand Slam finalist from Norway. And a great performance by him. And after the match, he said it's been an incredible week. Well, it certainly has. He's nearly 30 years old and lifting a trophy. He never thought he would do that. So it shows you never, ever too old. And Karen Kachanov ended a Yakumensik split to become the 10th youngest ATP champion with a straight sets win in the Qatar final at the weekend. His 17th ranked Russian won 7664 to claim a sixth career title against the 18 year old Mensik, the youngest finalist at a tour event since Carlos Alcaraz in. 2021. So, as you can see, not that long ago that uh, Carlos Alcaraz uh, was just a young one. He's still a youngster, isn't he? 
He, of course, got a lot to still be grateful for, does Mr. Alcaraz going forward in the world of tennis. So, uh, lovely stuff there. That is uh, great as far as uh, they are concerned. Now, uh, let's have a look at some of the other sporting action uh, over the weekend before we get to what I'm sure the Liverpool fans are waiting to hear from me. Um, what my thoughts are on that one. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Let's look at this soon. Um, sort that out for you. With regards to the other um, events of the weekend, so let's have a look at golf then for this past weekend. And uh, once again, it was a great weekend of golf. For a couple of players who've never won on their various tours, we start on the DP World Tour. Darius van Driel won the European Tour title at the Kenyan Open by two shots from Joe Dean and Nacho Elvira. The Dutch golfer lost his card last season, but graduated again through the Tour's qualifying school and won on his 112th appearance. That's unbelievable. Van Drill began the tournament with a 66, was in a four-way tie for the lead around the turn on Sunday before pulling clear with an eagle on the 10th. So amazing stuff there. Great performance by him. There was also a PGA Tour rookie winning the Mexican Open by the name of Jake Knapp. He didn't have his A game yesterday, but after three days of Bernie binges, an even par finish was more than enough to get the job done. He carded a final round at 71 and fended off Finland's Sami Bilamaki by two strokes and won the Mexico Open at Vidante for his first PGA Tour title. The Tour rookie entered the day with a four-shot lead and played with him in the final pairing of the day. A bit of a shaky start because considering on Saturday, uh, he shot 11 birdies. So amazing stuff. He's got a wonderful story because during the 2021-2022 season, he had to save up money while working as a bouncer at a restaurant and bar in his hometown in California. He then returned to the Corn Ferry Tour, earned his PJ Tour card for the first time, and quickly made a noise with a third-place finish in the Farmers Insurance Open in January. He is now fully exempt on tour through the 2026 season and has played his way into the Players' Championship, the Masters, the PGA and the five remaining signature events of 2020. It just shows you never, ever give up on your dream. Honestly, never give up on your dream. Fantastic results, fantastic story, wonderful stuff. Just a couple of months ago, the man was a bomber and a bouncer after giving up his tour card. And now there he is, a champion on the world All right, I know you're waiting for it. I know you want to know what I think. Well, it's quite deja vu, isn't it? So yesterday's uh, football, well done, Liverpool. Okay, so you've got another title. And every time other teams win it, Liverpool fans are the first ones to turn around and say, ah, it's only the charity shield or ah, it's only the league cup, in this case known as the Carabao Cup. Because that's just pretty much how Liverpool supporters behave. So write in if you want. Uh, complaints are on the 27th. Uh, in fact, our office has actually moved. Our complaints department's now on the 82nd floor. And 
unfortunately, due to load shedding, we don't have a lift. So you can climb the stairs and complain at that car productions offices if you have a problem with uh, the uh, presenter of the programme giving Liverpool a lot of hard times. But on a more serious note, uh, Liverpool victors yesterday against Chelsea in the uh, Carabao Cup and another title for Jurgen Klopp. The question is, will it be uh, the last one before he leaves or will it be the second last one before he leaves? Um, Jurgen Klopp's kids, as they've been called this morning after the victory, billion, billion, blue billion pound bottle jobs, Gary Neville put, put it. He should know he was a kid when he became a world-famous footballer. Now, Virgil van Dijk, the match winner, heading home from a corner with just three minutes left to play in the second half of extra time. Going into that final 30-minute period, the Reds boss handed several young Liverpool players the chance to go and make a name for themselves, and that's exactly what they did. Now, if you were like me, and you saw Liverpool score in uh, the early part of the second half, and saw Virgil van Dijk put the ball in the back of the net, and then you had to go to the bathroom, which I had to do, I didn't notice that there had been, after massive celebrations, of which took quite a while, there was a VAR review and the goal was disallowed. Well, when they did score eventually three minutes from time, I also had to blink because I thought to myself, am I actually watching the same thing that happened earlier on? Because it was almost identical. The goal that he scored that was allowed as opposed to the goal that he scored that wasn't allowed. So Liverpool are now the champions once again, it's rare to see a manager laughing to himself with the trophy on the line in a penalty shootout lingering. Klopp, though, no ordinary manager, but from Chelsea's perspective, it's a damaging blow and marks the club's sixth straight Wembley defeat. So anybody who wants to go to Wembley and win a trophy, play Chelsea, it seems like. And then, OK, so yes, I have to take Take the punishment. If I give it out, I've got to take it. Well done, Fulham. I never knew games of football with 98 minutes. I only knew that they were that long when Alex Ferguson was the manager of Manchester United. Yes, you see, I could laugh at myself as well. But seriously, top of the table, Arsenal and Manchester City, or top sides in the top of the table, took advantage of Liverpool's weekend off. To leave the top three separated by just a couple of points, victories for the title contenders came in contrasting fashion. Once again, Arsenal in imperious form, they blew Newcastle United away 4-1, while Manchester City a very nervy 1-0 victory at Bournemouth. But behind the top three, it was Aston Villa's weekend in the battle for the top four. Unai Emery's men opened up a five-point gap over Spurs thanks to a 4-2 win over Nottingham Forest. While Manchester United's recent fine form ended abruptly in a 2-1 home defeat to Fulham, it was a very, very difficult pill to swallow. You know, sometimes when the shoe's on the other foot, you understand how other teams' fans feel what it's like to lose a game of football so late on. And that is exactly what happened with Manchester United fans at the weekend, of which I'm proud to say I am still. Hampton Wanderers beat Sheffield United yesterday by a goal to nil. The other result is for Brighton and Everton drew one ball. That's not helping Everton's course at all. 
Crystal Palace didn't help Burnley scores by thumping them 3-0. Nottingham Forest also now slipping into that relegation zone after that 4-2 loss to uh, Aston Villa. And Manchester United, as I say, losing at the front by two goals to one to Fulham. So the table looks like this before we go into the next uh, stage of matches, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Liverpool topped the table with 60 points. They've played the same number of games as uh, Manchester City. They have 59 points and Arsenal have 58. So it is very, very close to the top. A win here and a loss there or a draw anywhere else in this whole table could change so dramatically. Aston Villa, eight points off the top with 52 points of their four matches. Spurs have slipped down to 47. United to 44 in sixth place. So that battle for fourth place, which is a guaranteed Champions League spot, well, it looks like Aston Villa might be contenders for that spot. Bottom of the table, unfortunately, Sheffield United and Burnley are languishing there with just 13 points each. Luton Town and Everton in 18th and 17th place, respectively. Luton have 20 points, 21 to Everton. Nottingham Forest are being sucked down into that relegation zone. They're two points off the bottom, three with 24 points. The uh, football fixtures for the uh, week, if you we're intending on having a couple of early nights this week. Sorry for you, but that ain't going to happen because it's FA Cup action during the week. Coventry playing Maidstone United. That is the first of the FA Cup matches. That is tonight, that, that kickoff at quarter to ten. And then the Premier League sees West Ham play Brentford tonight at ten o'clock. Then, tomorrow, FA Cup action, Bournemouth play Leicester, Blackburn play Newcastle, and Luton Town play Manchester City. On Wednesday evening, it's Chelsea versus Leeds. That could be a big, 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 very difficult game for Chelsea. Wolverhampton Wanderers play Brighton. Nottingham Forest host Manchester United in the FA Cup. Well, Nick and I be talking to each other the following morning. And Liverpool play Southampton. So that is your FA Cup fixtures for the uh, week. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. As you very well imagined, the season is getting fast and furious. And then the next weekend's fixtures, Spurs play Crystal Palace in the London Derby at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Newcastle come up against the Wolves. Brentford play Chelsea. Nottingham Forest have got Manchester United in midweek and Liverpool on Saturday. Not going to be pleasant for them. Newcastle will have to wonders. Fulham, Brighton, Everton, West Ham and Luton, Aston Villa. On Sunday, Burnley, Bournemouth and then, oh dear, oh dear, yeah, Manchester City versus Manchester United. It's the Manchester Derby on Sunday afternoon and then Monday night to see Sheffield United. Play Arsenal. That's your weekend review and a touch on fixtures coming up in the week. And that is tonight's show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Be nice to each other as always. Talk to you again tomorrow. For now.